Hello, and welcome to My Sam Johnson. I'm Wayne Jones. This week's episode is called Sam Prays, and he definitely was a prayer. Uh, Not only that, but he uh, made up his own prayers, basically. So he didn't always rely on uh, common prayers that, you know, he knew from church and the Bible and that sort of thing, uh, common ones that had already been written by someone else. He often composed uh, his own own prayers, sometimes uh, generally on special occasions, and uh, in 1768, about the time when he was about 60, he uh, compiled, started to compile those. He compiled those. And uh, when he, the year after he died, those were all published in a book called uh, Prayers and Meditations. And that's one of the standard uh, texts now that one reads about Sam Johnson or, or by Sam Johnson and also one of the standard uh, autobiographical or biographical sources as well because there's a lot of very revelatory information in them about his character, uh, what he thought of himself, what he thought of his God, that sort of thing, all actually uh, quite uh, fascinating. And he did believe in God. He believed in heaven and hell and there's a famous anecdote, uh, the details of which are escaping me right now, where Boswell sort of harangues him a little about, you know, what do you mean by hell? What do you mean by this sort of thing? Or what do you mean by this happening? And uh, you know, Sam just sort of stops him still and says, you know, uh, uh, dying a death and going to hell and burning forever, <laughs> that, that sort of thing. You know, he, he believed in that. That's... And it, it it may account for some of the tone that you see in many of the prayers that he has, because if you if you do really believe that, uh, I mean you're 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 going to be scared in a in, in a kind of a way, uh, you know. Uh, you, you if you feel that the God that uh, you're supposed to be dedicated to that you're disappointing him. Uh, uh, you're going to the prayers that you make to that God will be. Um, in a way, doing two things: one, sort of apologizing or uh, berating yourself for not having performed as well as you should have, or on the other hand, asking that same God for strength to uh, to you know to do better or to do uh, what this God wants. And I've always found that a very uh, not only in Sam's case, but in general, about the whole the whole uh, concept of God and how it relates to a particular person, uh, especially for people who, uh, I don't know how they say it these days, literally believe in the Bible so that they, they believe that the God that's depicted in the Old Testament is what God is like kind of thing. And if that is what you think, if that being uh, God, that character in the Old Testament is what is what you today in 2021 believe is what God is like, uh, you know, you have really good reason to be uh, fearful because he is, um, he's a sociopath. Uh, I mean, if you, if you really read what happens, there's a lot of, there's a, uh, to start with, there's a lot of killing that goes on, 
you know, just outright either single piece, single individuals or whole villages or whatever, just sort of wiped out, you know, one army turned on the other. There's a lot of, uh, and for me, this is, this is the sort of thing that convinces me. Uh, I mean, in a way, perhaps there were, perhaps there's a, I'm not really sure. Perhaps there's a minority of people who really believe in the literalness of the God that's in the old Testament. But, uh, if it's true, I mean, he's very manipulative. He's very uh, insecure as well, which <laughs> seems to be <laughs> kind of the last characteristic you'd expect from someone who's omnipotent <laughs> to be insecure. But uh, and and you know, the whole thing, for example, one of the commandments has to do about having no false gods before me. I think if I were impotent. Uh, <laughs> If I were omnipotent, if I were impotent, that would be a whole different... Uh, that's not really what this podcast is about. If I were omnipotent, uh, the last thing I'd be worried about is false gods before me and things like that. You'd know your own power. You have your own power. You don't need to worry about uh, such things. So the very fact that he's depicted as a uh, as an insecure person, a manipulative person, and jealous um that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, all that is enough for me anyway to convince me that even if there is a God, which I happen to believe there is not, uh, it, it can't be that individual. It can't be that character that's in the Old Testament because that's just a, you know, a mean, a mean old man kind of thing, you know, and not only that, you know, I don't mean it in a, uh, a kind of a, a, you know, a funny caricature kind of way, but a very, very mean person, like a very, uh, or individual, uh, someone to be feared, uh, for sure. So if someone believed in that and, um, you know, or, or even had a sense of God being like that and having those sorts of, uh, very human characteristics, uh, yeah, you would, you, you would be scared if you, if you felt, uh, if you were praying, for example, again, the whole concept of praying to God, uh, I've always also found a very strange thing because if God is, uh, omnipotent and knowing of everything, I mean, you don't, well, I'm not even quite sure why you need to pray to him because he would already know what you're talking about. So it's, it seems like a, seems like it would seem to be a waste of time. Like he would know, for example, that you're, you know, you're, you're praying for someone to, you know, the, the miners to get up from the mine or something like that. He would already know that you want that. So why would you be specifically asking him? Uh, it just seems uh, counterintuitive in a certain kind of way. So, but this is, this, this is at least part of uh, what Sam believed, you know, and, and this is why in many of his prayers, you see uh, a lot of uh, berate, self-beratement and generally it's about, I mean, overall, as I mentioned in my blog, if you want to go and read that on mysamjohnson.com, uh, the, generally, it's about action or lack of action. So generally, Sam is talking about, and this is a really an overgeneralization, but it, it, because there were prayers, for example, you know, he wrote prayers about 
uh, when his wife died and that sort of thing. But a lot of the prayers, the, the, the general prayers, are about either criticizing himself for not having done enough uh, and been lazy and idle and that sort of thing, or asking for the strength to be able to do things. And that's an interesting sort of thing in itself. Nothing about leisure there. There's nothing about pleasure. It's all about, you know, things that need to be done. And, of course, no one wants, you know, whether you're omnipotent or not, uh, uh, you know, no one wants uh, your your creatures to be just sitting around. Uh, but it, it just seems like a, a, a really odd thing to me. I've always found it uh, really, uh, really strange. Um, Sam had uh, one of the things I've discovered in the course of uh, the research that I've done for this book, and uh, one of my friends uh, helped me discover even more about this. It had, had to do with one of the watches that Sam owned. Uh, it was, a, of course... Uh, people didn't wear them on their wrists then. They wore them as a kind of a fob, you know, something in a little pocket. And the engraving that Sam had on one of his watches was the night cometh. And that's the first uh, three words of a verse from the Bible. And, uh, but again, that's interesting that that would be the, the, the quote that he would choose on a watch to put there. I mean, it's very appropriate in a way, you know, the night cometh, in a certain kind of very prosaic way, it has to do with, you know, the keeping of time and yes, the night will come. But the Bible verse and the intent that he was aiming at was that the time will come when you won't be around anymore or that you won't be able to carry out uh, work or action, that kind of thing. That's what he was referring to. So even on his watch, something that he carried around with him all the time, he's, he was always reminding himself of, 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 of that sort of thing. So it's a it's a it's a curious characteristic. It's a really, uh, I mean, in a sense, in a sense, you can understand the 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 passion that Sam would have had about and the fear, if I can put it that way, about uh, getting things done. You know, because uh, the night is coming. You know, the time is coming when you won't be able to get anything done. And in a certain way, that's a very secular sort of fear as well, or, or not fear so much as fact, I suppose. Uh, I feel that myself, for example. I'm 62 years old. Uh, I you know, I keep telling people, hopefully, <laughs> or I keep telling people with hope that I'll live to be about 90. And so I have 28, only 28 years left. And I feel there's a lot, a lot of stuff that I would like to do. And, uh, you know, the night cometh. And there's going to come a time when either... I will be so decrepit uh, that I won't be able to do anything or I'll be, I'll be dead, which really, really interferes with your ability to get things done. And in a certain sense, that whole that thing I was, the, the comparison I was making between the religious and the secular, in a sense, it's, it's simply a language difference. I mean, you often hear, for example, about when some tragedy is happening. I'll use the thing about... You know, the, the child down the well, for example, that were really praying hard for that to ha for her to be rescued. I mean, that's just a different language to say basically what a secular person or a, an atheist person would say, which would be, we really hope that she's rescued from the well. So 
in a sense, there's no difference except one has, you know, it's a sort of a cake that has an extra ingredient in it. And this extra, extra ingredient happens to be God. And that changes the language in which you express what, uh, what you want to say. I'll just recite here the very short prayer that I referred to in my blog posting. And uh, it's called here in the source that I'm looking at, uh, Prayer Against Vain Scruples. And here's the prayer. O Lord, who wouldest that all men should be saved, and who knowest that without thy grace we can do nothing acceptable to thee, have mercy upon me. Enable me to break the chain of my sins, to reject sensuality of thought, and to overcome and suppress vain scruples, and to use such diligence in lawful employment as may enable me to support myself and do good to others. Lord, forgive me the time lost in idleness, pardon the sins which I have committed, and grant that I may redeem the time misspent and be reconciled to thee by true repentance, that I may live and die in peace and be received to everlasting happiness. Take not from me, Lord, thy Holy Spirit, but let me have support and comfort for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. So what you have there for me the like the, the again the the emphasis on time and the the uh, in you know the self injunction to do something with your time the fact that time is running out I mentioned about it being uh, on his watch even that sort of thing is a very common theme in in uh, in, in the prayers uh, and obviously in his life and the other thing there that you may not have. Uh, heard in passing there was this business of sensual thought and this was this is another thing that comes up with sam in various contexts uh, uh where he's uh worried worried about the fact that he has these sensual thoughts and there's even some some of the research that i've looked at uh talk about i mean he was a man who was uh uh whose wife died when he was uh, in his early 40s and he lived for another 30 years or so without a partner without certainly didn't was never married again um, very unlikely uh, was he did he fraternize with with prostitutes uh, he took care of his sensual thoughts his sensual needs uh, the way that men have for uh, for since time immemorial, solo, and that's probably what he was talking about. And uh, so, not only perhaps the that activity, the masturbation, but also the fact that he would be thinking that way, which. God help me if I can put it that way. I mean, you know, is it's a very difficult thing. This is a primal urge, and to be um, to be castigating yourself about this uh, is uh, is really sad. And to have it in a context where it's wrong to be doing that, there's something wrong about that, uh, is a really sad thing to uh, to hear. But there, there is, uh, there is some research that's been done on on Johnson and in some of his writings, some of his uh, journaling, 
where there are marks uh, in it where people think there's a there's kind of a toss up between scholars thinking it's either that he's mentioning the times when he defecated or it's mentioning the times uh, when he masturbated um, and neither one I mean these, these things aren't knowable it's it's just I believe it's an M I'm not quite sure now but there is research that's been done on that or there's been you know these documents have been found and there's speculation about what these marks mean so uh, but sensuality was obviously something that was very much on his mind, even in the midst of a prayer where, he, where he's talking about time and getting work done. Uh, those are the two things, basically. You know, one is get things done. The other one is uh, don't think 30 thoughts, if I can put it in, 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 a, in a sort of a puerile way like that. So this, in a sense, I mean, people often ask me, well, not uh, as if hundreds of people are asking me, but... Uh, sometimes people ask me, some people ask me, one person has asked me, whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, why, why am I interested in a, in a, in a man who lived this long ago and, and, and his character, uh, and this is part of it. Uh, it, it's something very relatable, uh, something that I can empath, empathize with. It's something that's like me in a certain kind of way but not in a certain kind of other way. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. The thing about the sensuality, for example, I mean, that's something that affects all men and all people to a certain extent and to a certain time until the night comes, uh, so to speak. <laughs> uh, but uh, those sorts of things I find really fascinating. Uh, uh, you know, and the the thing I... Part of the, what I find fascinating about it is that, and it's natural when you think about it, but, you know, a lot, one way that you can know Sam Johnson is simply by reading his, his writings. And if you know nothing about his autobiography, about his biography, uh, that's all fine and dandy. But to see these, these concerns about not doing enough and about uh, guilt about sensuality, about sexual thoughts, uh, in, obviously existing in the context, in the body, in the mind of the same person who's doing all this work and getting all this stuff done, uh, is, uh, I don't know, it just seems like a lot to pack into a single person. And also, uh, it's sad in a lot of ways because, uh, what you what I would prefer to see in the prayers is a more of a celebration of things that are done uh, and, rather than a, a guilt over things that weren't done. Uh, that would be probably more mentally healthful for would have been more mentally healthful for Sam than uh, than the admonitions he was giving himself in the prayers. And I'll end it there. Uh, I'm talking to you now at uh, 101 a.m. on October 22nd. So the night has cometh and not goneth yet. It's still continuing. So uh, uh, again, I really appreciate you listening to this uh, podcast. It's called My Sam Johnson. Please have a look also at MySamJohnson.com. There's not only a blog there, but there's a huge wealth of information about uh, uh, the book I'm writing, uh, general things about Sam, uh, and other information. Take a look there. I really appreciate your listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.